0: Yassas. Welcome to Greek Like Me, the podcast about all things Greek for Greeks, Hellenophiles, and anybody else who's interested in learning about Greek culture. I'm your host, Pamela Diotes wood Email us at stealthgreek at gmail.com to share comments, questions, and stories about Greeks, Greekness, or your own ethnic background. We didn't get a podcast out the past two Thursdays. We're two weeks and two days late. We meant to get one out the day after we arrived in Greece and then announce a one-week break, but we were foiled by dodgy Wi-Fi and the mistaken belief that we could as easily record and post a podcast from Douglas John's iPad as from my laptop, which I'd left behind. We didn't realize Apple didn't allow us to convert a project to an MP3 on iPads or iPhones, kind of necessary for dropping on podcast listening platforms. We had to choose between enjoying our vacation and my first trip to Greece, or trying to download a supporting app for conversions, figure out how to use it, record, in between Wi-Fi crashes, which occurred nightly in our Airbnb. So, signomi. We picked vacation. Now we're back with an episode about finally getting to the mother country, and what we learned on our trip to make travel around Athens and a few of the islands easier, as well as descriptions of a few places we visited. First, if you're Orthodox, leaving three days after Pasca is maybe a bit wacky. We spend a lot of time in church during Holy Week and a lot of time preparing for the feast, so if my daughter hadn't helped her boyfriend Omar prepare the Easter meal, there wouldn't have been much of a feast. And yes, he cooks lamb. Sandra did the heavy work making the Easter bread. Everybody who's Greek was shocked, shocked that this was my first trip to Greece. But I made it to the point of origin. All Greeks like salmon and Vulcans are compelled to return to the motherland. Even shop clerks in the placa shouted, This is your first time? Because I'm graying, I should have been there years ago. That's when I point to Douglas John and tell folks, This is his third time. Great distraction. Of course it is. That is more normal. Ma took my sister after she turned 22. I was two years older and begged to go. But I'd left the nest over six months earlier, moving into an apartment with one of my closest high school friends, Kate To be closer to New York City and work. And Ma hadn't gotten over the betrayal. You have a job, Ma said. My sister had a job too. Anyways, I hated my job and was already perusing the classifieds. You have a new home. Greece doesn't care. But from the look Ma gave me, maybe it did. I've since heard many a Greek mom or dad wail about their adult child going out on their own. Why? Why are you leaving your home? But Ma was maybe more vindictive, I don't know. Check in with us and let us know how your ma reacted to abandonment when you left home. This April, I finally got there and made use of my Greek, such as it is, and found I'd remembered more than I'd realized, and at the same time that I know less than I realized. But folks were patient and happy I made the effort. Surprisingly, the majority of Greeks I interacted with assumed I was Greek. Only two people seemed surprised to hear it. Totally different than my experience growing up in New Jersey where I've always been a ringer. I learned a few phrases like, We missed the bus. Hase for The Greek language was all around me for the first time since I was a child. Except for church, of course, which is a mix of Greek and English. It was incredibly comforting because it brought me back to my yaya's house. Three floors full of aunts and uncles speaking nothing but Greek while they minded me for the day. Even though I didn't understand everything, it was a comforting background noise. A linguistic hug. Now, while it's fresh in our minds a few tips and comments on some of the things we experienced in greece first off watch who you're flying with we got a fairly good deal with swiss air but never again it was like flying in a sardine can the website was a bit of a mess it didn't process our info easily and customer support was not what it should have been that being said the flight staff the two flights going the two flights coming back was wonderful wonderful but being wedged into a plane seat with the dimensions of a high chair is not my idea of comfort. Worst I've ever experienced on a plane, especially when going overseas. We opted for an Airbnb instead of a hotel. Absolutely the way to go in Athens, in my opinion. Douglas John did a lot of work investigating based on price, location, and the setup of the apartment, and it really paid off. We were on the second floor of an apartment building. The kitchen and living room separated our bedrooms. There was a full bath and a powder room, so we each got our own bathroom. Ideal for a mother-son trip. It was a short walk from St. Square, where Parliament, the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, and the Evzones are stationed. We were able to see the changing of the guard several times, and skipped church our first Sunday, to see the weekly parade of the military marching band leading the unit of Evzones from their barracks to Syntagma Square. The entire crowd, sans tourists, joined in on the national anthem, and it got pretty emotional, all the Greeks wiping their eyes. The main drag is blocked off for the parade, and it was packed, even off-season. So be sure to show up well before 11 a.m. started the parade to get a good spot. Be prepared to be jostled. Greeks were showing up late and cramming their way into the crowd. No skid off our noses. We've braved the coffee hour line at our Greek church. We were also close to Plaka, a warren of stone streets lined with shops and restaurants and a view of the Acropolis. It's pretty touristy, but fun. I'm guessing the residents get fed up with the crowds, though. I had heard about the pension for shop owners and restaurant workers to step out and shill for business, but in the beginning, I still found it a little unnerving. Kind of like car sales when you step on the lot. We learned to scan the shops without stopping, unless something really caught our attention. I was disappointed not too many shopkeepers were willing to bargain. I can feel Ma's disapproval. If you stop to view a restaurant, then you're guaranteed to be approached and invited in. We didn't let that affect our decisions, though. And blatant flattery was met with my best Greek yaya bitch face. Think I'm going to believe if you mistake me for a young chickie? For real? Yet I was startled to be called Kitty by shop owners and taxi drivers. Kitty was what we called Ma's friends and her friends' mothers. But it's a sign of respect and I ain't no kid. So I ran with it. There were plenty of shops and restaurants to choose from in our neighborhood and basically everywhere we went. Only once did we make the mistake early on of eating breakfast in a fashionable refuge... Proposers. It was pretty and trendy, and we had a laugh at the outrageous prices for nouveau Greek spanakopita and borekia. After that, we paid more attention and had some great food for reasonable prices. We made use of the wallet app on our phones. One tap, and you're done. It was the easiest way to pay quickly for things. And only once did I encounter a merchant who said she charged less for cash. Apple Card was the best for traveling because, unlike all the other credit cards, they don't charge that three to four percent foreign transaction fee for everything you buy. With banking all online anyway, it's outrageous they continue to do this. I'm not a spokesperson for Apple, but I know we saved a good amount of money by avoiding those fees. It is a good idea to bring euros because some businesses still prefer cash, but these days, overwhelmingly, businesses accept card payments. Like anywhere else, the shops closest to the attractions usually charge the most for the same items you can get for a little less a bit down the road. For the most part, we felt that we got pretty good buys almost everywhere. Like most tourists, we were a little confused about whether or not to tip and how much to tip. We were there for a little while before we finally understood how overwhelmingly generous we were. We always like to tip restaurant staff well. We've had too many family members in the restaurant business, but 5 to 10 percent is apparently the norm in Greece. Sometimes restaurants add the tip to the bill, sometimes they don't, and the bill is in Greek, so pay attention. Most store owners and employees and taxi drivers speak some English, but not everyone. So be prepared with a few handy phrases for getting around. Douglas John talked me into doing the hop-on hop-off bus. I generally don't like things like this and had no interest at all in organized tours, but he was right about this bus. There are three different options, I believe. We took the one that meandered around Athens stopping at the major sites. It was a good idea because we paid one fee It may have been around 15, 20 euros each, but we could get on and off as much as we wanted from morning until 8 p.m. Plus, we rode around on the upper level to see what the other parts of the city looked like. Apartment buildings with balconies, gardens, parks, antiquities scattered everywhere, and orange trees lining the roads. The bus dropped us at the National War Museum, which didn't seem too impressive at first, but as we went further into the museum, the exhibits were, were wonderful. Uniforms and arms used by the revolutionaries in the early 19th century. Exhibits on the many battles with Turkey over the years. The Greek-Italian War leading Greece into World War II. World War II. Stories of heroes and saboteurs. One of my favorite stops in Athens. We left with a million ideas for future podcasts. Photos are allowed if you don't use your flash. Seeing the Acropolis while in Athens is obviously a must. And thank God Douglas John insisted we go early, shortly after they open at 8 a.m., We took an Uber instead of a bus, but it was worth it. We knew we were visiting off-season, but I hadn't taken into account the cruise ships and their busloads of tourists. We got to walk through the entire site with a decent-sized crowd, get plenty of pictures, and have time to contemplate the mysteries of the ancients, and still get out of the place before it was mobbed by the cruise ship crowds. I can't imagine what it's like during regular tourist season. Be prepared for walking and climbing. We did see someone with a wheelchair being taken up, but I'm not sure how far they were able to go because the train is very rocky and uneven. A young woman slipped and fell in or took us. She was fine, but we all had to step carefully, bring good walking shoes. There were tour guides offering group tours for 20 euros, private tours for 120, but we said no thanks. We were fairly well-versed in any way Greeks are loud talkers. And as we walked around, we heard more than half of what the tour guides were saying anyway. Not that tours aren't worthwhile to each his own. While we were in Greece, the sun was always shining and pretty hot. But the shade and the breeze were cool in April. I'm not a huge fan of sunscreen, but I slathered it on every morning before we left the apartment. The whitey white skin I inherited from my Anglo daddy needed the protection. The only rain we saw was on our last full day there. Athens National Garden was another stop we made. I'm a gardener, and I love plants. It was nice to walk around in nature right in the middle of a sprawling, congested city like Athens. Chamomile grew like weeds, and not just in the park. It pushed out of paving stones and edged the roads. Awesome. We found loads of orange trees, and some tourists were filling their pockets. But they were in for a surprise. The species of orange trees in the gardens are decorative, and the fruit is bitter. But I did read somewhere the juice, rind, and zest might be used in cooking and baking. I'm not sure. But I have no doubt some enterprising yayas have found some culinary use for them. One of the things we found in the gardens that we didn't expect were monk parakeets. We saw these big green birds shooting past us at regular intervals. An enormous communal nest that looked more like giant hornets' nests than birds' nests. Some quick googling got us the facts. This bird is originally from South America, but at some point it became the trendy pet that got transported around the world. And there's a big population in Athens. They were everywhere. We even found out there's a small flock living in Edgewater, New Jersey. I've been through Edgewater a million times. Next time I go to the Japanese market mitzvah, I'll be looking up at the trees. There are supposedly public bathrooms in the National Gardens as well as around Athens, but danged if we found any except for the locked ones. We had the best luck at museums. A little gem of a museum was one we'd never heard of. It was suggested by a friend, one of Ed's two godbrothers, Christos Vardakis. We'd heard about the house in Athens that belonged to the dad of Ed's godfather, Jim Vardakis. We'd even heard the story about the man who bought it and combined it with his own home and turned it into a museum. We didn't know it was a jewelry museum. The Elias Lalaunas Jewelry Museum, according to its website, it is an international center for jewelry and decorative arts with an emphasis on silver and goldsmithing as well as contemporary studio, studio jewelry. The jewelry on exhibit was designed between 1940 and 2002 by Lalounis, and it was incredible. I'm not a big jewelry person. I noticed prettier, creative pieces, but I never thought I'd spend the time we did in a jewelry museum. Lalounis took his inspiration from ancient Greek art, Byzantine art and architecture, prehistoric art, and from other cultures around the world. The Mycenae-inspired pieces alone are worth seeing. La was even commissioned to design the Olympic torch at one point, and there was one on exhibit in the museum. They had programs for children's uh, children, lecturers, and apprentices working on site. While we were there, we met one of the apprentices hard at work at her station in the lobby area. She was making filigree pieces, which is fascinating, because I have never understood how anyone could create such delicate objects with that super thin metal. And we found out that day. The museum is on Calispera Street, not far from the Acropolis Museum. Definitely a worthwhile trip. And they have a very nice bathroom. We didn't spend all of our time in Athens. The Port of Pireos is about a 20-25 minute ride from Syntagma Square. There you can catch ferries to the islands. You can buy your tickets online or at the kiosks at the port near where the ships are berthed. Ubers were cheap, so we took those to the port rather than rely on public transportation, which honestly is reportedly pretty good. Our first trip was to Ayina, which is about an hour and 15 minutes by ferry. We liked the ferries. They were efficient, they were fun, and the snack bars had Spanakobita. There's a lot to see in Ayina, but our main focus was the Church of Sanatarios and the nearby monastery. Sanatarios, the wonder worker, is one of our absolute favorite saints and a saint of the 20th century. He was very humble and very much beloved by the common people if not so much by the church hierarchy of his time. If you're interested in churches and chapels and the like, visit St. Nectarios. The original humble church and housing where St. Nectarios lived as well as the monastery are still there. And the tomb of St. Nectarios, which we were able to touch. Non-Orthodox may find this morbid, but Greeks are flocking to lay hands on the marble. We take our saints very seriously. We love them like family. The new building nearby the cathedral isn't fully complete. It's, it's breathtaking, with beautiful striking views of the countryside. We also took the four and a half hour ferry to Dinos to stay for a few days. We bought the tickets online because the only ferry leaving for Dinos was scheduled at 7.30 in the morning. Be prepared for pushing and line jumping, and take it with a grain of salt. My mob is a pro at ditching into the front line for coffee hour, which must be the Greek training ground for this stuff. She never attended an event or grand opening where she didn't manage to be front and center at the buffets. Poor Douglas John was presenting our tickets to the porter after patiently waiting his turn, only to have a ninja yaya practically hop on his back to shove a ticket ahead of him. The economy lounge isn't very big considering the number of people riding the ferry. I guess that's why the yayas were knocking everybody down to get in. If you don't get a seat in the lounge, and we did not, then you're outside for the long ride. It's beautiful, but I was freezing partway in the wind, so dress appropriately. The returning field trip of high schoolers from the neighboring Syros were hilarious with their hijinks, blasting Greek rap music, dancing, so that was fun. The return trip was for late afternoon, so we decided to splurge on business seats, where the lounge had plenty of room for the few of us paying for it, as well as movies playing on the flat screen TVs. I wasn't cold, and that was worth it right there. Dinos is a place of pilgrimage for Greeks but it's also very picturesque and supposed to have beautiful beaches. It's not the party island of nearby Mykonos. It has a more relaxing atmosphere. Our main purpose in going to Tinos was to see the Holy Church of the Panagia Evangelistria. Greek.com calls it probably the most important religious monument in the whole of Greece. People stream into the church to pray to the Panagia, the Holy Mother of God. They pray for healing. Some people crawl to show humility. The street leading uphill from the water has an all-weather sort of carpet strip running along the curb, so pilgrims have a little protection for their knees and hands. This carpeting goes up for several blocks until reaching the church grounds where a long carpeted staircase leads up to the church. We saw almost a dozen penitents on their knees crawling to the church when we were there. In August, on the feast day of the falling asleep of the Theotokos, the pilgrims who crawl to the church are said to be in the hundreds. There are many miracles that have been attached to this uh, icon and praying to this icon. Uh, The destination, of course, of the people crawling up is the miraculous icon of the Panagia, discovered buried underground below a church of St. John the Baptist that was destroyed centuries earlier. The icon is an image of the Panagia kneeling in prayer with her head bowed, and it's believed to predate Byzantium. The location of the icon was revealed in dreams to the nun Pelagia in 1823 during the early years of the revolution to free Greece. When the icon was found, it was like a holy omen to the people of Greece who had suffered for so long and were now fighting for their lives and liberty. The Lady of Tinos was called the patron saint of the Greek nation. The stunning marble church was built to house and honor the icon. Pilgrims buy three-foot-tall candles in the shops lining the road to the church to light in honor of the Panagia. The chants of the priests and salties are gorgeous against the Marble Dome. From its perch at the top of the road, the church faces the sea. The view is incredible. Just a reminder for the non-Orthodox, our churches are very special places for us. Please be respectful. I was appalled visiting a church in Athens when a young European couple came in in shorts and sandals, lighting candles while slurping on a Starbucks. I'm mastering the Aya attitude. I snarled something about being disrespectful when they left. Look, if you visit someone's house, you don't spit on their carpet. I think most people do have respect, but it's easy to slip if you forget that these aren't tourist sites, but fully functioning houses of worship that welcome visitors. We stayed an extra day in Tinos so we could visit the monastery that Pelagia lived in when she had the visions of the icon of the Panagia. It's a 9th or 10th century monastery where visitors are welcome to see the chapel and the cell that Pelagia lived in. The monastery is at the uppermost point of Tinos and I suggest you dress warmly if you decide to go there. The wind was powerful. A public bus will bring you up but they don't come every 15 minutes. We were told the bus would stop 20 minutes after dropping us off on their return trip but the next would be in two hours. We missed the first and found the monastery closing for prayers well before the second appeared. We visited the nearby village, but because it wasn't tourist season and we'd gone up early, none of the tavernas or cafes were open. Cell service was kind of sketchy, so we couldn't call a cab. Everything worked out in the end, but next time I'll be wearing a thick sweater. In Tinos, we stayed in a hotel recommended by a friend a few blocks from where the ferries landed. The price was great and we had a balcony facing the water And were two blocks from the street leading up to the church. We were in the main port, but there are a number of villages around, and depending on whether you're there for the spiritual pilgrimage or the beaches, you can find uh, a reasonable hotel. On our return to Athens, we planned to visit Mount Lukavetes, the highest point in Athens, with an incredible view of the city. Douglas John wound up going alone, though. I was doped up on Benadryl for an insect bite, so he left me snoozing while he made his way up to this crowded tourist spot. Sunset is the most popular time to visit, and he knew he had to get up there early to beat the crowd. You can walk up that steep hill, and, and lots of people do that, but there's also a funicular, a cliff railway to take you up. At the top is a church of Ayos Yorgos, which has a viewing platform in front. There's a cafe and an upscale restaurant as well. Douglas John took some photos of the impressive view, and we'll be adding those to our sources pages on the website if you want to take a look. I'm so sorry I missed it. We saw so much in Greece. These were just some of the highlights. Now I'm going to get back to our Airbnb for a minute, just to give listeners an idea of what's out there and a few of the ins and outs. We were lucky to have a very nice landlord who quickly responded when we had questions like, where are the building trash cans? The apartment building was in the center of what Douglas John dubbed Koreatown, with half a dozen Korean restaurants, a couple of Chinese eateries, and a pretty good Indian restaurant. Did we eat at these places? Oh, yes. Why, do you ask? We had plenty of Greek food while we were there. Or as my daughter calls it, food. We eat a lot of Greek food at home, so having Indian one night and sushi for lunch one day was just right. And we tried out the trendy street walk. Nice Greek boys making Asian noodle bowls. There were several supermarkets close by where I picked up goat's milk yogurt, which I couldn't get enough of for breakfast. There was a fruit market nearby, pharmacies... A ice Greek chain restaurant that was pretty popular with Greeks and tourists alike, the Grecos Project. There was also one in Plaka. They've got restaurants in other parts of Europe as well. It was a good place to stop in for my Horta fix. Horta is basically boiled greens with leeks or dill topped with olive oil and fresh squeezed lemon. My auntie used dandelion greens. Delicious. Our Airbnb had a kitchen with a fridge and a microwave for dealing with leftovers for breakfast. Who doesn't muddle little tzatziki and Horta in the morning? Remember while in Greece, the TP doesn't go in the toilet. Bathrooms have a designated trash can for placing your paper. As I said in a Facebook Instagram post, mindfulness is remembering not to drop your TP in the toilet. Over the days, we accumulated a stash of empty water bottles and a garbage bag of takeout containers. When checking in with our landlord, we found out the building didn't have its own trash cans outside, which is what we're used to in the States. But the entire block had a designated spot two turns around the block for us, where trash and recycling containers are gathered together for drop-off. Instead of stopping every few feet like back home, garbage trucks pretty much stop once every block or so to pick up refuse. We also had a compost container on our block. Cool. We had Wi-Fi in our apartment, but we're pretty sure it was shared with other apartments because at certain times of the day and night when more folks were around, we lost connectivity. We didn't go to Greece to fiddle on our devices. But be aware if you are staying in an Airbnb and you're expecting to get work done like we were, you may be at the mercy of a weak connection. We really liked our apartment and knew we were spoiled at home, so we were good with it. And by the way, don't expect to find American coffee. We didn't, but tried anyway one day when I felt too jittery for the strong stuff. Eh, I love a nice sweet frappe bitter anyway. A lot of the streets and sidewalks are fairly narrow depending on where you are and keep an eye out for motorbikes. They seem to ignore one-way streets and ride up and down both directions at will. The taxi drivers are mostly very friendly and happy to share ideas for day trips. A warning about insects in Greece. Remember Americans, most Greek windows don't have screens. This is nothing new for our European friends. Mosquitoes love me, and I live with that, but I had an allergic reaction to what I think was a mosquito bite that blew up like a golf ball on my arm why I missed the trip to Lucovetas. As a gardener, I've had spider bites like that. I really couldn't tell what the heck bit me. I suggest traveling with an antihistamine and small tubes of antibiotic cream and cortisone cream just to be safe. And I'd recommend the same to travelers to New Jersey in the summertime. We only got back three days ago, so still settling in and getting back to work on the next podcast. Greek Like Me is a Stealth Greek production. This episode was written and narrated by me, your host, Pamela wood Our producer, photographer, and post-production editor is Douglas John. Visit our website at stealthgreek.com for resources, photos, links, and more. Please rate, like, and subscribe. It helps us get noticed so we can keep making content about Greeks and Greek culture. Thanks for listening. Until next time, yasas.